Good morning. Thank you for being here with us this morning to worship together. If you haven't attended uh, the Christmas in Elmhurst concert, I encourage you to go make a point to go tonight. Uh, tonight's concert starts at 6 p.m. It's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely fantastic. So I hope you get a chance to enjoy that. For the Advent season, uh, we've been looking at the signs and symbols of Christmas embedded in our secular culture that have biblical roots. Uh, there's an insert in your bulletin if you want to follow along today. And uh, if you didn't get one, would like one, you can just lift your hand and our ushers will be happy to make sure you get one. One reason I'm talking about the signs and symbols of Christmas uh, is to try to bridge the widening gap uh, between our culture and Christianity in order to provide opportunities for the gospel. The, uh, we looked at the first sign associated with Christmas in both the Bible and the culture, and that's the appearance of lights, lights everywhere. Last week we looked at the symbol of the Christmas tree. The tree is a prominent theme in biblical prophecy regarding the coming of Messiah, and we looked at that. Today we're going to look at a third sign and symbol of Christmas that's found in the Bible and echoed in our culture. It's the symbol of the Christmas star. In case you don't know what one looks like, here it is. Stars, as you know, decorate the tops of many Christmas trees, can be seen in a lot of Christmas decorations and wrapping paper and on and on and on. Why is a star associated with Christmas? Because a star is associated with Jesus' birth. That's why. A star in biblical prophecy and in the sky pointed to Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. As we've already heard some this morning about that. What's interesting to me is that in the scripture, God tells us that one reason he made the stars was to actually serve as signs to people on earth for us, in signs in the sky. Genesis 1, 14 to 15, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. Let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Well, if they're serving as signs in the heavens that God put there, what are the signs trying to tell us? I jotted down three things we learned from the Bible about what God intended by way of a sign for the stars in heaven. The first is pretty obvious. The stars are signs that magnify the glory, majesty, beauty of God in creation. As some of the scriptures tell us, Psalm 19:1, the heavens are telling the, the glory of God in their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, the psalmist says, you know, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, I ask, what is man that you take thought of him, the son of man that you care for him? Secondly, the signs serve as stars as a sign that will prepare the world for God's coming judgment. Uh, Jesus tells us this in Luke 21, 25. He says, uh, at his coming, there will be signs 
signs and sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, dismay among many nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. It'll be apparent uh, something, something very big will be happening when he returns. So first, they serve to magnify the glory of God, the expanse and the beauty of the skies at night. Second, they serve as signs and will serve as a sign of God's coming judgment. And third, the stars are signs that prepare the world for Messiah's coming. One place you start to see this, um, Revelation 12, 1 and 2, I think, is a reference to this, uh, where it says, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, moon under her feet, and on her head were twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. And the metaphor, again, links the coming of Messiah to the presence of stars and the heavenly glories. Abraham understood the coming of Messiah and the gospel, I believe, by looking at the stars. Uh, Jesus said this to the Pharisees in John 8, 56 to 58. He said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, was born, I am. Jesus is referring to when God told Abraham to look up at the stars. When he said, he saw my day. How did he do that? When he looked at the stars. Genesis 15, 5 and 6, he took Abraham outside and said, now look toward the heavens and count the stars. If you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And then he believed the Lord and he reckoned to him, it to him as righteousness. Now, interestingly, the Apostle Paul links that scene, Abraham looking at the stars, to believing the gospel message. Galatians chapter 3, 6 to 9. He says, consider Abraham. He believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith and are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All this to say is the star service signs, <clears throat> they're declaring something. They were made by God, named by God, put in place by God in the exact positions they are in, and they are saying something. God gives them names and meaning. Psalm 147.4, he counts the number of stars, he gives names to all of them. It is very possible, in my opinion, that God put the message of the gospel in the stars themselves. So no one is exempt from understanding the gospel, looking at creation, some way, some form, it's there. The names of the stars, actually, and the constellations are known from ancient times. Some are referred to and alluded to in the Old Testament, especially the book of Job, the oldest writing we have. For instance, Job 9, verses 7 to 9, 
talking about the Lord, he's who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars. Who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea? Who makes the bear? Now he's referring to constellations. Who makes the bear? Orion, Pleiades, in the chambers of the south. Job 26, 13. By his breath the heavens are cleared. His hand has pierced the fleeing serpent, which is another constellation. Job 26 is actually referring to the constellation, fleeing serpent, being pierced in the heavens. You know, you go outside. Now, unfortunately, in the city, we have a hard time seeing the stars. Honestly, I have to get out of, I have to get out of here a couple times a year at least so I can enjoy God's creation especially the stars. As the stars appear just as dots to us, you see. They're just dots. They're shiny little dots. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> Here's the thing. But somewhere along the line in ancient history, somebody decided to connect the dots, you see. Uh, probably based on the names of the stars and constellations that God assigned to them. They connected the dots, so it looks like, looks like that. So you see, somebody started to connect dots. All the constellations, and there are different brightness of stars in each one, and all the stars have names. And those names have meaning. <laughs> and the constellations, even the ones mentioned in here, have meaning. Uh, God asks us, actually, to look at the stars. He didn't just ask Abraham. He says, hey, go look at the stars. Because <clears throat> they're meant to lead us somewhere. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Now, I've said this before. And it's just my opinion. Just say, qualify that right now. Uh, you know, the whole astrology thing, I think, uh, I think, I think paganism, uh, spiritism, uh, all the uh, idolatrous religions corrupted by, I believe, the devil himself have taken God's message and corrupted it. So we think it's about us. I'm going to look at the stars and see what it tell me about my... It's not about you. It's about him, you see. I personally believe you follow the constellations, the names of the stars through the sky. They tell Messiah's story from birth to death, from conquest of the serpent to ruling as king. I'll just give you a little sampling. As you follow clockwise around equator through the year... And you begin at Virgo, the virgin, who, by the way, is a bright star. And I think that's one of the things, the, uh, it probably was a comet that they saw in, the Vir in Virgo that the wise men saw start to expand. Very possible. There's research that suggests that. But if you start with Virgo, oh, sorry, the picture is not clear. Okay. Well, 
There she is. Okay. Well, we'll just go through this. Uh, then you keep going around. You got what's known as the Southern Cross, symbol of the death of Messiah. You keep going. You got the slain lamb, Aries, just slain. Keep going around the cycle. I'm not giving them all to you, but every single one of them is significant. Then you got the fleeing serpent, his enemy, being pierced. Finally, you end up on the other side of Virgo. When you get all the way around, there's Leo reigning, the lion of Judah. What's interesting to me is you look at the scriptures on this. The constellation Aquarius is alluded to, if you want to look at it, Numbers 24, Book of Numbers 24. And if you remember, Aquarius is a, it's called a water bearer, and he's pouring out buckets of water, if you connect the dots there. And this is what it says in Numbers 24-7. He's... It's referring to Aquarius, the constellation. Water will flow from his buckets, and his seed will be many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted, the water bearer. Referring to Messiah, I believe. By the way, this Numbers 24, it's the same passage where we're going today. It's the same passage where Balaam's prophecy of Messiah's coming is linked to the appearance of a star. Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel and shall crush through the forehead of Moab and tear down the sons of, of Sheth. When the wise men who came from the east, uh, when Jesus was born, they came because they said they saw what was called his star. And they followed it to see Jesus after he was born. So we read this morning in Matthew 2, 1 to 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he? They've been watching the sky. Where is he? Who's been born king of the Jews, for we saw his star, not your star, his star in the east and have come to worship him. Well, we'll get into this next week. Boy, did that throw Herod. Herod knew he's a usurper to the throne. He's an Edomite. He's not a line of David. Well, the star that the wise men followed was probably a huge comment uh, I believe the evidence shows that it probably began located in Virgo, the constellation Virgo. It got brighter and brighter and actually started streaking towards the earth. Uh, its sudden appearance, its brightness and movement would fit a comet's characteristics. Uh, the wise men viewed that star as a sign <laughs> indicating the birth of a king. They got all that from the sky. And in the Bible, Jesus is act, he actually uh, refers to himself as the bright morning star. Revelation twenty two sixteen. 16, I, Jesus, 
have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David. We talked about the tree last week. The bright morning star we're talking about this week. It's about him. Trees and lights and stars are about him. And one sign of Christmas, this star put on the top of trees and decorates all over the place, that star is another bridge to the gospel. God made the stars for signs for us on earth. And this sign, in particular, was meant to help us understand the time Messiah would be born. as well as the story of his life. But the real impact, and you know this, the real impact of Messiah's coming was not in Jesus' birth, but in his death on the cross for our sins. And everyone who believes in him is forgiven and given the promise of eternal life. I just want to read this now in context, what Jesus said about the bright morning star in Revelation. Listen to the very next verse after it. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let everyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. Come. It's an invitation to believe in him for eternal life. One day, the glorious light of Jesus will appear again and take us to be with him. And I leave you with this. 2 Peter 1.19, Peter says, So we have the, prof- the prophetic word made m- even more sure to which you would do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Believe it and share it. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for Jesus. He is the light of the world. He is the root descendant of David. He is the bright morning star. And Lord, Would you help us to understand how to make this uh, bridge to the culture, to understand the symbols they all use, but they all are about him. Help us to understand that in ways to build relationships where we become messengers of the gospel, heralds of the king, especially in this season where we recognize it's about you. And would you give us grace for this day? Would you help us to uh, live in the spirit of joy uh, of your coming and confidence that you have have settled all our accounts when we believe in you and that your love will never leave or forsake us because of our knowing you? Because knowing you is eternal life. We pray that we would live in that reality every day. We need the grace to do that, Lord. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen.